Hey, you're listening to the Chicken Pot Pie Podcast. This show helps you build a big old bag of bagels. If you're looking for extra everything bagels, I'm talking meat, I'm talking cheese, I'm talking biscuits, cereal bars, crumbled granola, all over a friggin' bagel, you're listening to the wrong podcast. <laughs> Let me take that again. Hey, you're listening to the Creative Pep Talk Podcast. This show exists to help you build a thriving creative career. I'm your host, Andy J. Pizza. You can stay up to date with all things Creative Pep Talk by following me on Instagram at Andy J. Pizza. Let's jump into this episode. This episode is supported by In The Making, an original podcast brought to you by Adobe Express, the all-in-one content creation app included in your Creative Cloud membership. If you are trying to boost the YouTube, TikTok, Reels content side of what you're doing, one episode of In The Making that I think will be super useful to you is their episode with John Yushai. I think John's method for including his audience in the process is really inspiring. And if you want to hear about that and more about leveling up your game in the creator economy, just search In The Making in your podcast player to listen. Many thanks to In The Making and Adobe Express for their support. really needed to rehaul my website. I was talking to some web people, looking around, and I got intrigued by Squarespace's new Fluid Engine, partially because it just sounds cool, but also because it allows you to drag and resize and layer up anything you can imagine. I dove in, rebuilt my site. It's the most me site that I've ever had. I just absolutely love it. Launched it, got such a great response. Some industry illustration and designy peers even reached out and was like, hey, who coded this thing, man? I'm like, y'all, I did it by myself. No coding with Squarespace's new Fluid Engine. I told him like, you should go check it out. You're gonna be surprised with what you can do. And I built this thing before Squarespace reached out to sponsor the show. So I was like, boom, easy peasy. I was gonna tell you about this new site anyway. Go check it out, anyjpizza.com if you wanna see what I did with it. If you want to try it yourself, make a site that's totally you where you can build a portfolio, sell content and courses and all kinds of other stuff, head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain with promo code PEPTALK, all one word, all uppercase. Yeah, so this is not the Chicken Pot Pie podcast. I feel like I should just clarify that. If you're looking for tasty pie recipes, you're in the wrong place. Uh, I should say that (laughs) when I was in the north of England, which if you don't know about the north of England, you can't imagine it. It is a place that um, is nothing like probably your preconceptions of England. It's it's um it's real different <laughs> and i love it my heart goes to it when uh i came back from london my brother-in-law john met me at the train station and they'd been out um with some friends and at the end of a night out they don't get a pizza they don't get even fish and chips they don't get curry in wakefield in the north they go to the wakefield pie shop 
the Wakefield Pie, pie Shop. And this is not a sweet pie. These are savory pies. These are cheese and onion pies, pork pies, steak and ale pies with chips and mushy peas and mint sauce. I got a t-shirt. It was a, it was a, <laughs> a real experience. And guess what? Has nothing to do with today's episode. I just can't stop talking about it and thinking about it. It was such a good time. Um, but sorry if you're looking for pie recipes. This episode is about peak performance as a creative person. This is a th- something I'm thinking about a lot right now. Uh, I just did some peppy talks for my $2 backers on Patreon about it, um, on some different aspects of it. But it's essentially about how you get in the zone. How do you get your best work? You know, I feel like for me, and whether it's drawing, speaking, whatever, uh, there's a dramatic difference between drawing in and out of the zone. When I'm drawn in the zone, it's flowing. It's like, um, it's described as like, it's almost like I'm not drawing, like somebody else is drawing and it's just happening and it just feels so good and the opposite feels so terrible it's like your hands are made out of molasses and just you don't remember like have I ever used a pencil before and uh and so I have become increasingly obsessed with how do I get in the zone like what are the conditions that uh are ripe for my best work. And I think that it's something that creative people should be thinking about. So this episode is about order and chaos. So, and, and the perfect balance, the, the mastering, the bringing together this tension and holding them in one. And it's you're the master of order and chaos if you're doing creativity right. And, uh, this idea started to percolate in my brain when I was at Sesame Street. So some of you know that um, a few months ago I got the the privilege, the blessing, the the dream coming true of getting to visit Sesame Street. And I talked to a, a creative team there and uh, I got to go speak there. And it was one of my favorite experiences of all time. And uh, one of the things that I... My, probably my favorite thing that I took away from there is one of the employees told me about this thing that I'd never realized before, um, which was that all Muppets, all Fraggles, all Sesame Street Muppets, all these characters fall into one of two categories. They're either an order Muppet or a chaos Muppet. You know, they're either order like Bert or chaos like Ernie and that you need both of them to tell good stories, to 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 for interesting things to happen, and uh, and I'm so in love with this idea. And in fact, I all I realized some you know it was revealing about my nature um, because I realized that all of my favorite Muppets were chaos Muppets. Go figure. Um, <laughs> not a surprise to you. You know, Ernie, Animal, Gonzo, Wembley. Like they're all chaos, 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 chaos. And that probably is my, my base nature. And uh, here's the thing. I really believe that to get the best out of yourself creatively, 
you have to have a little bit of both of these. You got to find your own personal perfect balance of order and chaos. And what I mean by that is, you know, order is planning, it's orchestration, it's, you know, getting into the details, getting obsessive and meticulous. And chaos is improvisation. Improvisation. I don't know. Imp- oh, that sounded weird. Improvising. Improvisation. It sounds too fancy. Anyway, improvising, going with the flow, you know, getting in the moment and just letting it happen, letting the magic just take you. Like, uh, in my experience, my best work comes from uh, figuring out how to mix those two together, how to hold them in tension, these opposite dual uh, binary things in the same piece of work. And to be completely honest, you know, one of the things I've been trying to do on this podcast is show you behind the curtains a little bit more. And part of that is because I want to increase the chaos. I want to increase the improvisation, if you will, because I believe that that it, that it has magic to it, that it has uh, authenticity. I want to be, when I'm recording this podcast, I want to be right here, man. I want to be with you. I want you to feel like you can feel my story unfolding and my heart pounding. Like I want that. And I feel like the only, I'm, I'm experimenting. I'm trying to figure it out. I'm battling. And here's why I'm battling because I haven't figured it out. I can't, I don't, and maybe you never can figure it out, but I think it's a battle worth fighting. And, you know, when I feel like I've been in a season of the podcast where I've been heavily meticulous and orchestrated and trying to get everything just perfect and, you know, perform everything right and get exactly the right, say it exactly the right way, I want to bust in the door and say, meaning chaos. I want to just throw it all out and say, forget about saying it right. That's not the friggin' point. It's not about being in your head and everything being cerebral and perfect. It's about shooting from the gut and hip. And even if it's messy and ugly, who cares as long as it's pulsing and pounding and alive, right? Does that make sense to you? So part of the, part of that battle to get that, you know, life onto the tape is found in, you know, showing my cards a little bit. I feel like there's some potential of, you know, getting into 2018 right now, what's going on with me and making it fresh so you can feel it. And I've been battling the order and chaos. How do I, so I'm, I've been, as you know, I've been doing behind the, behind the scenesy type episodes where I'm letting it be a little bit raw. And the reason is I'm just trying to swing the pendulum back from orchestrated just for a little bit. And I see this played out in the people that inspire me creatively. Now, before I mention this, this, <laughs> this person has become sort of a, uh, well, I don't even know how to introduce it other than I'm about to talk about Kanye West. Okay. And not about his politics. I just want to say, first of all, <laughs> that I've pretty much never agreed with anything Kanye has ever said. And, uh, and I think that should be stated. And I'm only speaking to his creative merit. And when it comes to creativity, I believe that he's off the charts and I'm in that camp and not everybody agrees with that, but 
but here's the thing. <laughs> I, I, uh, I fully believe that <sighs> I've worked myself into a corner here. But here's what I'm trying to say. You know, the first couple albums for Kanye, to me, you know, these are all the teddy bear albums, we'll call them, because uh, there's bears on the front of the album, if you didn't know. They're all about college, basically, I don't know. And they're all very buttoned up. They're very, you know, self-conscious, self-aware, maybe is not the right word, but self-conscious, like everything's meticulous and orchestrated and perfect in a way. And, and I feel like, although, you know, the Grammys were really impressed with the perfection of these, that we had not really met Kanye at that time. They were so orchestrated that the pulse wasn't fully present. And then comes 808s, which is an album of chaos, improvisation, you know, auto-tune, just madness, it doesn't feel meticulous. It feels straight from the gut. Like he might have just made some stuff up on the spot. And that has a whole different quality. And we're seeing a totally different picture. And I think when that dropped, people were like, what the heck is going on? But the production and the stuff that was going on there, people were like, I don't know if it's good. I don't know if it's bad. But man, what the heck is happening? And I'm interested. And then I will tell you what right now. When I put on the album that followed up those, Dark Fantasy, I'm telling you, 25 seconds into it, and my mind exploded. And I was like, what the heck is going on here? Like, I had never heard anything like it. And I believe that that album especially went on to inspire uh, music in almost every corner of, of pop music and changed the game. And what I think was going on was it was perfectly mixing the 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 oil and water of chaos and order of the first couple albums orchestration meticulous eyes for detail and the and the chaotic 808 auto-tune kind of craziness and mixing them trying desperately to get them into the same pot and the swirling madness and and imperfection and order and meticulous eye for detail this obsessive eye for detail created a masterpiece in my opinion and i think the same goes for a massive fan of sufjan stevens i think you see it you know he did an album come on field illinois that thing had he made like 50 tracks for that album you know only like 19 made the actual cut that album is so uh you can feel the obsession in every detail. It's literally orchestrated. It is orchestral. There are billions of instruments and arrangements and parts and, and ideas and, you know, metaphors and all this stuff. It's so dense with planning and it's so perfectly executed. And then on the next album, he did age of odds. It's chaos. And, and you know, some of the artistry suffers like there there's, you know, it, you can feel that it's more improvised. You can feel that it's not as well thought out. But then there are certain magic moments that probably transcend the Illinois. And then I feel like his latest album after that, Carrie and Lowell, is kind of the love child of those. It's not too orchestrated, but there are beautiful, gorgeous arrangements. It's got the visceral quality where you feel like 
he flipped on the recorder and recorded it, but it's also got the poetry uh, and the depth and the kind of cerebral stuff going on that Illinois had. And I think it's maybe his masterpiece. And uh, so I want to be that kind of creative. I want to be the kind of creative that can be at my peak performance that knows when I need to shift gears from order to chaos and chaos and order and when to package them all up when the stakes are high and it's time to perform. I want to figure out how to get the yin and yang of these things and put them in the same bowl and swirl it around and just hope that the alchemy happens where somehow I'm doing both of these completely opposite things right in the same moment because baby, I think that's where the magic happens. I think that's what's magic about it is that it's, it literally defies uh, definition because you can't have order and chaos in the same bucket. But I'll tell you what, the ba- the great creative sure do try. Another fantastic example is uh, Larry David with Curb Your Enthusiasm. You know, I think when I think order and chaos, when I think order, I think about comedians. They You should listen to their obsessive levels of craft and how they talk about, you know, it's almost like when they're talking about delivering jokes, even if they're trying to hide the seams and make it seem like they don't have any jokes and they're just up there talking, every, a master stand-up comedian, every second is planned. And it's almost like a music sheet with rests and notes and stops and starts and drops and, and, and peaks. And they know it intimately. And it's just so perfectly meticulously crafted. And then improv is like the polar opposite, the the other side of the coin when it comes to comedy, where it's all about trying, you know, there's going to be a bunch of crap. We don't know if anything's going to work out, but we're going to try to figure out how to capture that magic moment in the moment. And I think Larry David, with his show Curb Your Enthusiasm, has created a process, which is what I'm talking about today, for hopefully capturing the best of both of those worlds. When they do Curb Your Enthusiasm, the way that they plan it is they have this outline that has the order part. Because here's the thing about Larry David. He knows about this payoff thing. And he got obsessed with it when he was writing Seinfeld. There was this episode where something at the beginning sparks a chain of reactions and it comes back in a surprising but inevitable way, which is just a storytelling technique. If you're not aware, it's like you want the end to feel like, oh, of course. But then also, I never saw that coming. And it creates this payoff, this this emotional thing and it requires cleverness it requires wit it requires uh you know an ability to see a pattern it requires mastery to write like that but those are the stories we love if you know that and the more you know about that the more you're going to see it in movies and films and movies and films same dim thing tv whatever all stories and larry david he talks about like that happening on this episode of Seinfeld. And then after that, trying to make that happen every single episode where the beginning comes back. And if you watch Curb Your Enthusiasm, you know he does the same thing there where something that happens at the beginning sparks this chain of reaction and it comes back to hit him in a surprising and inevitable and funny way later. That's the order. That's the craft. That's meticulous. Then on the other side, the way that they want to get that, but you want to get that raw energy. You don't want it to feel contrived and and robotic, which happens when there's too much order. And so what they do is they have the outline, but they don't have a script. They have the scenes, 
but they don't have the words and they say, here's where we have to end in this scene. Uh, but get there however you think is fun and funny and they tape a few goes and they improvise. And I think that on that show, the magic of it is found in that formula of order and chaos. And so today what I want you to do is check yourself. Think about, where, take, take your temperature. Where are you at on the spectrum naturally? Like who are you? Are you an order Muppet? Or are you a chaos Muppet? And then also think about the past season of body of your work like an album. That last album, was it more order or was it more chaos? And course correct a little bit. Is it time to, which one do you need to explore? Is it time to try to mash them together? That's what I want to challenge you to do. I'm doing the same thing, both in my illustration and on the podcast. You can see in my illustration right now, I've been adding a lot more processes that give me some like random texture and, and rawness and a man, I've been feeling it and I have yet to really get to a place where I was happy with that kind of stuff because I'm working digitally. It's harder to kind of get there, but I feel like I've figured out some processes that really jack it up in a, in a order and chaos kind of way. Just so, you know, one thing I wanted to mention was this talk was inspired by uh, talks and conversations that I had at LCAF, the East London Comics Festival that I went to and had a lovely time. It's one of my, it's one of the most inspiring experiences. I went there four years ago actually and had the same experience. And the London illustration and comic scene is really on the chaos spectrum. And I don't, I only say that there's zero negativity in that it's it is the illustration is so much more raw to me in in uh europe and it's got that kind of visceral quality and uh and i man it just jazzes my shorts off and uh <laughs> that's not what I, uh it, it just does and i go there and i'm so filled up by the raw humanity and energy and uh patrick kyle who's actually a canadian comics artist came over to do a talk and I, and he talks about, he's really on that chaos side too. And he was talking about how, you know, early, he tries to strike this balance. Early comics that he was doing were completely improvised panel by panel. And then he went through a series, uh, he did a new comic where he was doing thumbnails and kind of thumbnailed it out and planned it out a little bit more. But even then he's showing the thumbnails versus the finals. And he said, and I completely agreed that the thumbnails had a lot more energy and, and, and were a lot better than the finals. And so I was just inspired. I'm like, man, I got to get this, this energy, this life back into my work. And uh, then I was talking to Django Jim, my friend, uh, Dimitri from uh, Belgium. He's a Belgian illustrator who I've been friends with online for a long time. Love his work. Had a great time hanging out with this guy. And, uh, and he was saying that he's more order and he was at a drink and draw the night before and he had to force himself just to put the pen to the page and just make visceral stuff happen. And yeah, he made 40 things and only three of them were good, but they were, they were totally different and had a whole new life than all of his cerebral idea work. And so I was inspired by these things. That's partially where this episode came from. 
And uh, I want to encourage you to reevaluate how well you're taking, how well you're balancing order and chaos, how you can strike that balance, what processes you can put into. Can you lean a different way in the next stuff that you're making? And I think it'll help you get to peak performance. As a experiment to get some of that raw chaos into this podcast, I want to do this episode a little bit differently. Um, and so I part of this episode is going to be a conversation I had with my butter, butter, with my butter. <laughs> that's what we, that's what they say in the North of England, but they don't say buddy. They say butter. Um, that's not true. I just, I want to create all these lies about England, about the North that you don't know. The pie shop thing was real though, by the way, I know it sounds like a fable. It sounds like Narnia and it was like Narnia. You go into this door up these stairs and all of a sudden there's like 50 Yorkshire people waiting for their pies. Uh, anyway, I have a t-shirt to prove it. I'll put it on my Instagram just, just so you believe me. Um, but I talked to Kyle Sheely, who's my buddy, my butter, who's a public speaker. And I know he's someone who has to, on a regular basis, uh, he, he has only a few talks that he does. And that's very orchestrated, very, uh, you know, it's on the order side of things. And I know, but I know he's someone who values authenticity above anything. So I asked him, how do you get into the authentic moment when you have such an ordered, you know, kind of, um, specific route and, uh, got some interesting things out of this and some tactical ideas. Here it is. So what was that? What I said, the homework for this episode is figuring out what your type is. Yeah. Yeah. Just figuring out, are you, I'm going to go with, I think orchestrated or improvised instead. Yeah. Uh, Cause that makes more sense. And, um, and and just figuring out what your nature is because I think for me I have to overcompensate or I have in the past and kind of even the edges and then the other thing that but the thing you said that I think is really interesting that I hadn't thought about was that you really need to know what works in your medium yeah because like you said podcasting versus talks I do think podcasts need to feel a little bit more improvised. And that's one of the things I've been trying to inject in the podcast was like, can it feel like I, I feel like any loss of authenticity is a real problem when someone's just listening to you record yourself. Like, yeah. Well, and I also think that like, I I think that there's gotta be room for improvisation, like you said. And I mean, I think that like, um, I think we tend to overthink, almost everything like we as uh, creative people in general and all of us humans like we think uh, you know in this new viking project that i'm doing people are writing in like you know something they want to let go of and i'd say like the number one thing i get in is i want to stop caring so much what people think and i think that holds so much of so many of us back and i do i actually do a public speaking workshop i think i've told you this before where like i do a public speaking workshop with students and it's all these kids who are like i want to learn about public speaking but i'm like i have a fear of public speaking and so you know i will have them raise their hand how many guys are afraid of public speaking on some level and it's like so many people and then I will go, okay, I can cure your public speaking fears in five words. And those five words are nobody cares about your speech. And, uh, and, and I'll, I'll have them chant it out. Like nobody cares about my speech. And we're like clapping yeah. and stuff. Yeah. And, uh, and, and it's funny. Cause I'm like, after I bring them back down, I'm like, I'm not saying that nobody cares about your speech because like, 
I'm a professional speaker and you're just a lowly high school student and nobody cares. I'm like, nobody cares about my speech either. You know? And if, if, uh, if I get up on stage and like, I, I totally bomb, the worst thing that's going to happen is people are like, well, that speaker sucked, but uh, you know, a lot of speakers suck. And so move on with my day. And I think the same thing is true for you. I think sometimes you're like, oh man, I'm in the middle of a series, like, but I've got this one like fire episode that I'm ready to drop. But like, man, that's going to throw people. Nobody's going to care, dude. If you're in the middle of the series and you're like, Hey, you know what? We're going to interrupt this series for one, this one episode. I just like was on fire. Like if the episode's good, people are going to like it and they're going to listen yeah. to it. Now, if you like do that all the time and like never finish anything you start and, and you know, all like then that becomes a problem. But I think so many of us overthink every little tiny decision. And, and the truth is like, it doesn't matter. Like nobody's paying as close of attention to your thing as you are. And, and a lot of times people will just skip the episode if they don't like it. And, you know, I think sometimes we have all this weight of like this, every episode, people are going to stay with me or they're going to leave. And it's like, no, that's, it's a relationship that you build up over time. You build that equity and trust and all that by doing well over time. But, uh, every, you know, I don't leave my wife if she has a bad day or if she's like mean to me yeah. one day, it's like, I'm not like, well, I'm out of here, you know? Yeah. And, but, and, and, you know, you're not my podcast wife, but like, that's, that's <laughs> like, it's like that. Like when you like somebody, you give them a little bit of there's grace and understanding and, and, and all of that. And, and I think most of us, like we, we put all this pressure on ourselves. Like every piece has to be like the most amazing thing. And it's like, no, it, it really doesn't. Uh, and, and you should have some, have some ability to do the thing that you want to do and be, and be flexible and spontaneous in there. And I know, you know, I know that the, the pressure and I, and that's the side of the orchestrated side. One of the cons of it is it's so precious and it's so meticulous yeah. and it has the weight of a burden and pressure. And I always know like that is the killer for your best kind of flow state thing. Um, but you know, then I put tons of pressure on every episode for a million reasons. It's not, yeah. you know, there, I'm sure there's a healthy amount of ego of like, I want people to like me, but it's, I think there's that. And there's also just like, I want this to be a, an amazing experience like that. That's yeah, what I'm and thinking. I do think you should. And, and so that like that goes back to again the keeping things in tension. It's like I think that you should simultaneously think that your work is precious and valuable, and like I need to put pour my heart and soul into this, and at the same time think this it doesn't really matter if this sucks and that's not a problem, and I'll just move on. Like you have to hold those things in tension and go like I want to do the best job that I can, but I also want to know if I if I do the best job and it ends up not working out, it's not that big of a deal. And I'll move on and make something else. So how, like, are, how do both of those things exist at the same time? How are these two opposite truths both true? Um, like, I don't know. That's just one of the mysteries of the universe. Like, I don't know. You, I think you know that quote and I'm going to butcher it, but it's like sometimes the opposite of one deep truth is another deep truth. Right. And, and so, um, that's hard for us to wrap our minds around and, but that's just the way of the world. And that's like how yeah. things work in, in, in creativity and in the universe is just that like, Hey, sometimes, oftentimes, uh, you have to hold these things in tension and that's where the, the good stuff comes from. And I think a tactic that you mentioned earlier, um, is if possible, do multiple versions of something. That's one of the things that's always helped me is if I'm feeling precious, it's usually because I think, this is my only chance. Like, and I, you know, even when it comes with, comes up, comes to, uh, coming up with ideas for a possible illustration for an article or whatever. It's like, if I'm like, oh, all right, I've got one chance to come up with the perfect idea, then that level of orchestration 
you know, leaves no room for improvising and imperfection and, and messing up and, and weirdness and whatever. Um, whereas if I'm like, I'm going to do four versions of this and one of them should be really terrible and it's good if one of them's really terrible. I think that, um, that, yeah, the only thing you're wasting is time. But I think that it's, I think it's one of the only ways to embrace both of both of these sides. Well, and I think too that there's this there's this like um, misconception with artists, which is that like wasted time is a bad thing. And I just think wasted prime. Wait, sorry, wasted prime. I think that wasted time is the price of admission. I think that's the table stakes of like you have to you have to waste that time to get into it because the truth is like. Uh, you know, John Acuff talks about don't compare your blue your blooper reel to other people's highlight reel, and that's yeah. all we can do though is that we see other people's highlight reels, we see somebody else's logo design, and we go, "That's incredible," and we don't see the scratch sheet that they had of fifty other logo designs, or we don't see that it took eighteen emails and revisions with that client to get to that. <laughs> And we don't see that they don't even like that logo, you know, that there's another one that they liked better. And that is true on everything. Like you see somebody's good stuff and you go, man, that's amazing. And you only see, like, you see the whole messy process on the back end for you. And you're like, oh, this is, I'm garbage, you know? And, but you have to waste that time. And, and that person that you're like, man, I look up to them. They wasted a lot of time. Like, you know, look at somebody like Draplin, go watch any of his Skillshare classes or watch any of his demonstrations where he like live workshops, a logo. And he zooms out at the end and he has 800 logos. Yeah. And, 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 and he doesn't, he's not precious about that stuff at all. You know, he has a saying that vectors are free. And so don't, you know, just keep, keep iterating and like keep moving them over. And then when you watch his final thing, he's like, he picked one out of 8 million of them and it took him hours to get there maybe not him because he's a fast worker but you know he 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 took a lot of time to get to that that one the idea that you're just gonna like kind of snap your fingers and the first thing that comes out is is gonna be golden it's just nothing in life works like that yeah that's awesome so we got a good tactic out of that feeling feeling uh jazzy about that uh one one thing (laughs) sorry one thing uh that I was going to ask you, uh, this is my last thing probably, is that um, do you feel like, I I think about this a lot, and I think it kind of gets to the heart of this. Like I said, we're going to do a homework thing. I feel like it's real homework when I say that. Like, Turn it in. It's due on Friday. It's on the syllabus. You knew this was coming. (laughs) It's really tough stuff. It's essentially, um, I I found it valuable to think about um, whether I would have, if I went into comedy, whether I would have been a stand-up person or someone who went into the improv scene. Yeah. Um, what do you think you, I almost just flipped it and said, what do you think I would have been? <laughs> so, that wasn't the question. The question was, what would you have been? Do you think? Oh man, I don't know. Up being more orchestrated, obviously. And then improv being more improv obviously yeah and i think that i think that there's uh i'm gonna i'm gonna change the question i think that's a false dichotomy and i think that like i think the best people i think i think that the lowest level people are people who just go like you have to do one or the other i I think the best people are people who are like i'm gonna take a workshop i'm gonna mostly do stand-up but i'm gonna take a workshop and learn some improv stuff or i'm gonna do you know do both of those things or i'm gonna do stand-up in an improv sort of way and and i think that when people get loyal to their teams and they're like i'm i'm only stand-up and there's these rules of stand-up and 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 i think that like like, I don't know. I just never think that that makes for good stuff. I, I don't think that makes for good work. Agree. I completely agree. 
and maybe this is a better question, which one do you think you would have been better at? Even if you did both, even if they fed into each other, is that a better question? Will you answer that question? <laughs> I'll answer no questions. Um, I, yeah, I think I lean towards stand up because I love I love stand up. Like stand up is just one of my favorite things in the world. I mean, I'm always texting people like, "You should watch this special," and then I get mad when they don't do it. And uh, yeah, exactly. James A. Caster, watch I all have of his James specials. James A. Caster, all the so all good. the specials on my iPad. And guess what? So I went to go. I downloaded them so I could watch them on the plane, and then Netflix wouldn't open without a connection. So That's, anyway, what's the point of well, that? Why, know, why even download? It's so stupid. But anyway. yeah, so I love, I love, and I think that there's a certain level of humor that you can only get to by polish, you know. And like the the, and I I have been to a limited number of improv shows, but I will tell you the ones that are pure improv, like. I don't know. There's just a level there where I'm like, this isn't as funny as it could be if you developed this idea over yes. time. And the really good improv shows, um, because I have some friends who have done improv, that like it's not improv. It's not like they're practicing the heck out of that. And they have recurring characters and recurring yeah. bits. And like the idea that improv means I just came up with this off the top of my head, that's yeah. like improv workshop stuff. But True. if you're going to yes. a performance, a lot of times it's a bit or a performance that just it's more free form than a scripted thing. And yes. so again, that's where that tension comes in of like the truth is, unless you're like e- even if the, the only guy who could do both of those things and do everything that he's ever said was funny was Robin Williams. Like that guy could improv and it was, he was just at a different level. You're you, I mean, any comic would look at him and be like, what he's doing is something I just, my, my brain will never do that. He has, he has a gift from God to, to humankind. And so, uh, most people though, if you try to just think of something funny like you're going to default to like stuff that is either crass or you're going to you know offensive like michael scott and (laughs) exactly yeah and and so like it takes time to get to that so that's why i lean towards hey i'd rather have something that isn't just off the cuff but it's good and you know and and the same is true of like art it's like nobody's nobody hires a logo designer who's like you i'll sit in your office with you and i'll draw a logo one time just whatever comes to my mind it's like no you want to craft that you want to hone and perfect that and so that's why i I lean towards that but i I, again i think that you've got to leave a sprinkling of like well let's let the magic happen when you're out there well kyle you passed the test because the truth is at the beginning of this interview i told you that i personally believe that peak performance was striking the perfect balance between orchestrated and improvised so yeah and i think too that that's a balance i mean i said this earlier but you're going to continue to strike that over time like and you're going to i think that you've got to know what your natural bend is um and so some of us are naturally going to bend towards uh towards planning and and like we're going to be we're going to have an agenda for everything and there's going to be an excel document for our you know stand-up special or whatever and i think those people you need to have uh, you need to consciously be aware of i got to do a little bit more you know improvisational stuff and then there's other people who are like man i'm really good off the cuff but i'm, I'm never finishing any projects that i start and i've got all these ideas but nothing ever lands and it's like okay well you need to put some structure around yourself but what can happen over time is that thing that you put in place as like a crutch ends up becoming just built into your personality and over time you can turn into a person who's overly structured and you have to lean back the other way and that's what balance is and that's how a tightrope works is you're leaning one way you're leaning the other way and hopefully eventually 
a lot of that works out, but you're never going to get to be like, I'm, I can just relax and, and stand still. You should always be taking your temperature and figuring out, you know, where am I at? Which way do I need to lean? And, and how is, how is this in relation to the market and what people want and what trends are and, and how I'm feeling and all that stuff. That's what balance yes. is. It's a constant process. And I think, you know, the point of this episode um, is literally to take your temperature. And I think, I think about musicians and I'm going to talk about this. It's not um, literally to take your temperature. <laughs> literally has a meaning Andy, Andy words mean these guys you're one of these people I know these people they're very very concerned about the liberal use of the word literal um, <laughs> well it's funny because I think one of the dictionaries there was like this huge people like that got really mad because they defined they redefined like one of the uh definitions of literal now means like figurative and they're like that's yeah, what like that's no that's not oxymoron. just because people use a word crazy. wrong yeah Anyways. You, yeah, that's like, yeah, degrading the foundations of language. Um, Words don't mean anything. That's anymore. hilarious. It's the beginning and uh, the end. But it's true. Like, I think the musicians that do the best, that have the best uh, career, are the ones that know which album to drop next. Like, maybe yeah. they need to do a more orchestrated one or when they need to do something that's more visceral and immediate and whatever. Um, and that I think you need to be aware of it. And then the other thing that you said that I think is really worth commenting on is hopefully you might where depending on where your journey is at the beginning of your journey you might need to just decide i need to focus on planning and being orchestrated and all that or need to do the opposite but eventually hopefully it becomes a lot more nuanced like for me i think probably the more powerful stuff that i'm going to talk about in a talk or a podcast has a lot more planning a lot of like ideation and and kind of you know, fashioning the the thing and polishing the thing, but then realize that, yeah, maybe that's the, maybe that's the foundation of all of the stuff that I do, but in order to uh, create a niche and stand out in this world, that part of what makes me different is my ADHD crap where I go off on weird tangents and, you know, whatever, and somehow be aware of doing both of those things. And so it's, you know, yeah. it becomes a more nuanced approach to it, basically. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I think if you're constantly striving to get better, like there, there's a coffee shop in town and they're, they're Matt, what did I, I said almost said mascot their motto is ex I thought you were going to say mascot I was like where their is their mascot is a tiger no it's a it, it their motto their says is a tightrope walker and on one side of the tightrope <laughs> is an art brush and on the other side is an excel document um yeah. <laughs> It's a weird coffee shop no there's this coffee shop in town and their motto is excellence in everything <laughs> We're off the rails here. Their motto is know. excellence in everything. And I think that like, if you keep that as your motto for life, or, like, yeah. I just want to pursue excellence. Like I want, I want the things that I do to be excellent. Like then you're going to like, that's the, that, you know, this is, we're getting way into the weeds on what balance is, but like I do slacklining, right. which is like tightrope walking. And one of the mistakes that people yeah. make when they get into slacklining is they look down at the line and that is a yeah. bad idea. And so what you should do is pick a point in the distance, look at the tree that the line is tied to, cause it's not going to move or look past that because if you look constantly down at what you're doing you're gonna you're gonna think you need to make way bigger moves than you need to make and you you need a stable like if your future goal is excellence keep keep that as the goal and then you'll you'll shift according to that and so constantly just be trying to get better at what you do and you'll get a feel for oh i'm i'm too much of this or i'm too much of that or i'm not enough of this or, or not enough yes. of that right yes yeah that's good i i love that and i think yeah, it's, the temptation is to throw the baby out with the bathwater and just go 
hog wild the opposite way and fall off the other side. Um, and yeah, that's great. Well, that's awesome, man. Thanks for doing this. I really appreciate it. It was very helpful. Of course. Happy to help anytime. So here is a little bit of homework for you. Uh, for those of you nerds who like homework, um, <laughs> yeah, I feel it. I like these, you know, experiments, thought experiments, things that you can put into practice. So I guess I'm kind of a nerd in that way as well. But, you know, you can do it in a mild way or you can do it in an excessive way. But essentially, I just want you to, uh, to figure out, are you an order Muppet or a chaos Muppet by nature? In the past body of work you've been making, whatever that means, is it more order or is it more chaos? And in the next thing that you make, can you try to lean the other way? If you're one of these chaos people who just likes to put the pencil to the page or, you know, just start recording and jamming out, I want to encourage you to get out, you know, the non-photo blue pencil and really sketch out meticulously a piece before you finish it and see what happens. Or if you're the opposite, are you the order person that needs the perfect idea, the perfect thing? How can you just force yourself to get some colors on the page, just put, lay down some jazz and see what happens? See if it course corrects what you're doing. And if you do that and you want to post it to Instagram, use hashtag CPT. Yes, and Y-E-S-A-N-D. And I'm going to explain why that hashtag in a second. But that's your homework. Try to course correct. Let the pendulum sway the other way. Interested to see how that goes. And I'll be following that hashtag. what that yes and is all about the yes and is comes from improv you've probably heard of it it's basically this idea that when you're doing a scene you should keep the plot flowing by saying yes and to everything that your partner says so if you go out there and you go out in front of everybody and your partner's like hey this is really fun driving this potato the helicopter over the Indian Ocean, you don't say, no, we're not doing that. We're miniature dolphins swimming in a broccoli and cheddar soup at Panera Bread. Like the, you, ha, you can't say no to the premise that they're doing, or you're just going to keep killing the flow of the story. You say, yeah, I love driving this potato helicopter over the Indian Ocean. And oh no, there's chocolate bar potato cake <laughs> it's everything food everything i have to eat lunch uh i don't know where i was going with that i'm not an improv professional all right uh anyway that's the idea you don't say no you say yes to the chaos you say yes to stuff that's happening to you you say yes to the flow of the story that you're in and you also say and you don't just say yes to the chaos. You say, and let me add a little bit of my plan. And let me add a little bit of my authorship. 
And so I, as I was working on this episode, I realized that this yes and really summarizes my whole philosophy. And I want to be a yes and artist. I want, I want to say yes to the opportunities that are coming my way, to the unexpected things, but also say and. And I've got a plan. And I'd like to make this goal happen. And I'm going to have the discipline to, to swim that direction day after day. And so that's the kind of artist I want to be. I want to encourage you to be that kind of artist. And maybe if you're not embracing this yes and, maybe your plot is getting a little jacked up right now. Maybe uh, you're the type of person or you're in a situation, which I've been in this situation plenty of times, where you're saying all yes, no and. You're saying yes to the chaos, yes to all your impulses, yes to everything that's happening to you, yes to peer pressure, yes to just whatever anyone else wants for you. And I'll tell you what, if you never say and, you can live a really chaotic life just going from one chaos to the next. Yes to this chaos, yes to that chaos, yes to whatever, just going with the flow. And what ends up happening is you don't even have a plot. You can get into a place where there doesn't seem to be any purpose or thread or meaning or, or story or narrative happening in your life. And it's a confusing, dark, nihilistic kind of spot to find yourself in. And I've been there before. I hate being in that place, even though I'm kind of a chaos muppet. And so maybe you need to start saying, and. And I'd like to go there. And... I'm going to do what it takes. I'm going to change my habits. I'm going to have some discipline. I'm going to make some stuff happen. If you, maybe you, you know, maybe if you're, if there doesn't seem to be any plot, maybe it's because you're the author and you're slacking on your job. You're not adding anything to the story. Or, but maybe you're a type A person and you're all, and you thought order Muppets, you thought you're going to get away without getting a little abuse here on the episode. Well, you were wrong because I'm a chaos Muppet. Now it's your time. It's my time to grill you people who only say, and, and, uh, think I'm going to do a, and then I'm going to do B and then I'm going to do C. I'm going to go to the best school. I'm going to get the best job. I'm going to save the right amount of money. I'm going to wear the right shoes. I'm going to listen to the right bands and, and I'm going to do this and this and this, and I'm going to all do it under my control. There's pitfalls to that too. There's pitfalls to being all order, no chaos. Hate to break it to you because something happens in your story. Something happens in the flow when you just do what you can control. Because in order to do that, you got to play it safe. You got to do what's been done before. And when you live like that, the plot kind of of stops. The meaning kind of goes away. Like the you feel kind of stuck because you're doing things that have been done before. Like. You know, there's no stakes because you're playing it that safe. And 
You could probably look back into a time in your life where things were flowing. When you said yes to some stuff, you got burnt, you got beat up. Maybe you got beat up too bad and you decided, I'm saying no from now on. All I'm saying is and. But at least back then, the ball was in play. There were some stakes. I don't mean, I don't, well, <laughs> I think I need to eat lunch. When I said steaks that time, I was thinking S-T-A-K. Mmm, steaks. Steak chalupas. I don't, <laughs> I haven't been to Taco Bell in years, but I'm not above it. I could go for some of that. But there's no steaks. There's no, like, the, if none of your decisions matter, if you're in a safe environment where you can kind of phone it in, you're acting like an interchangeable part, like, if nothing you do really matters, it's not going to really feel meaningful and it's not really going to feel like a flowing, exciting story. And I'll tell you what, nobody wants to watch a, a story where the hero makes a really tidy, to, uh, doable to-do list and then just efficiently checks one off after the other. Like, it's so predictable. No one wants to watch that story. And I tell you what. It's even worse to live it. And I've done that life too, where I just refuse to let any of the chaos in, to let any of the adventure in. And I think, you know, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's evolution or God or whatever, but I know one thing. There are giant forces, cosmic forces in play that make sure that every single human on this earth is completely and utterly different on a molecular level because that's important to what it means to be a human. And if you are acting like an interchangeable part, only existing in the realm of what you can control, you will not be at the top of your humanity. You will not be at the fringe power of your creativity and you need to start saying yes dang it <laughs> and one last thing to my yes and people my yes and artists that are doing it you might be struggling really bad you might be crushing it from the outside but there's one thing I know about attempting to walk this tightrope. It's hard. Why? Because you're attempting the impo impossible. You're trying to plan and improv at the same time, and that's impossible to do. But it's a worthy pursuit. And, you know, I know that it's hard because every week I try to do it on this podcast and it drives me nuts trying to capture the magic of some improv and the power of a plan and somehow put them together in a delicious sandwich. <laughs> More food. <laughs> it's, it's so hard to make that uh, oil and vinegar mix. <laughs> Everything I say is food. Right? I know. I try to do it all the time and it's really hard, even if you're crushing it. And the thing is, especially if you're crushing it, no one from the outside is saying, hey, I know I know things are working or it's cool what you're doing, but I also know that this is freaking hard. It's hard, isn't it? It's all right. You know, I feel like 
when someone compliments me, I, I, I need that kind of uh, affection from, from people in my life, so much so that it's so obvious that I become really vulnerable and I recoil and I'm like, no, no, don't say that to me. I don't need that. Don't go away. And I end up like rejecting the thing that I need. Well, maybe right now you need someone to say, it's really hard. And I'm looking you right in the ear. And nobody else knows what you're listening to. Nobody else knows what's going on. I'm not even really there right now. So you can just soak it up and admit it and let go a little bit and be like, you know what? This is hard. This is hard. It's hard to do this work, to give it your all. And when it gets really hard and you're struggling and you're tempted to say, I'm not saying yes ever again. As a member of the audience, let me say, don't do that. This is like the fact that it's hard, the fact you're in a struggle, that means you're doing it. That means you're doing, you're, you're doing a challenge worthy of you. You have to grow to make it happen. Like when we're watching Harry fight Voldemort or Emmett fight Lord Business or Moana fight Taka, nobody in the audience is saying, ooh, she took a wrong turn there. There's a giant monster. Look out. You should have said no. No, we say yes. Keep saying yes. Keep saying yes. Go, 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 go. And when you're in the middle of a struggle, instead of thinking I took a wrong turn somewhere, think that is the sign that I'm doing it. I am a Muppet. <laughs> Order Muppet. I'm a chaos Muppet. I'm doing it at the same time. And that's the sign that it's happening, that it's working. And so... When you say yes and, and the crap is happening, and the rug gets pulled out from under you, even then, I hope and I encourage you to say yes and... That's called passion. Passion was flying today. I apologize if you're trying to listen to this in some kind of public arena and someone near you notices that you're listening to a ranting madman and they somehow judge you socially for it. <laughs> uh, and I'm going to go get some lunch and then I'll be okay and I'll stop talking about steaks and broccoli and cheddar soup and chalupas. And uh, that's what I'm going to do next. Thanks for listening. I really, 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 really appreciate it. Uh, if you are a fan of Creative Pep Talk, if it's had an impact on you and you want to respond to that in any way, there's tons of things you can do. You can go to iTunes and review the show. Game changer for us. It changes how many people can see it on iTunes. Um, you can buy some you can uh, buy some merch on creativepeptalk.com slash shop. You can sign up to the newsletter there where you can stay up to date when new episodes drop and also have access to the first 100 episodes of the show. You can, there's some other thing you could do. Oh, you can back the podcast on Patreon um, if you want to give back money to the podcast and keep it going. And I'm so grateful because, you know, these patrons are one of the reasons why every week I get to spend time trying to put this order and chaos down onto a microphone. And I spend so much time on it and I love doing it and I'm so grateful for all of you guys that make it happen. 
Thanks to Yoni Wolf and the band Y for the theme music. Thanks to Nate Utesh and the band Metavari for other tunes. Massive thanks to Alex Sugg for editing this podcast so well and also contributing some of his music. Thanks, Alex. Thanks to all of you guys for listening. And uh, until we speak again, stay pepped up. Stay pepped up.